All right, Chase, the, the door is unlocked. You, when do you want to get in? Fine. All right, and remember, safety, as always. Seatbelt's on, Chase. I, I, I'm buckled in and ready to go. Why are, you, why are you glitching out of here? What happened here? You must have been in another dimension, Chase. Yeah, you're not from this world, are you? Uh, nope. This is Earth 732, Chase. You're talking to. Oh dang! This is this is Earth One, you know, because we're we're the most important, obviously. But anyways, before we get on the road, welcome back to the podcast, Concession Impressions. You know, I thought I'd do this introduction a little different this time. All right, I think I'll introduce it this way. All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Michelangelo White. I was bitten by a radioactive microphone, and for the last eight months, I've been a podcast host. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I watch a bunch of movies, and then I review them. Again, and again, and again. Also, I'm joined with my co-host, Charles, the radioactive spider from Planet 766, whatever you said. And we're going to be... And this is going to be our immediate impressions of the movie Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And we're going to talk about it on the way home to Chase's apartment. So join us for the ride and for the review of the film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. All right, let's start this. Um, well, I'm going to be picking up speed here and be getting on the freeway. Whoa! Whoa! whoa look at that! Whoa! whoa! I jumped on the front of your car! Whoa! I, knew. I mean, is that <laughs> you? What are you doing out here on the freeway? It's like as if your car broke down or something. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, I, I needed a, a ride. You mind uh, giving me a ride over here? Wait, you guys, sure. you guys look familiar. Is that you, O'Neill? Podcaster, yeah. editor, extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys also spider podcasters? Yeah, Apparently. we're spider. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> work across the podcast first right now. So. Ah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That tracks. It does, actually. <laughs> Funny running into you here. You know, we had you on for our filmmakers cookbook episode on uh, Into the Spider Verse. So it's it's kind of funny that we ran into you here, and uh, your car happened to break down. It's almost as if I planned it all along. It's or weird because my I, I remember the last time I got my oil changed, the mechanic also sort of had the 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 gray hair thing going on was he italian now that you mention it yeah but it it, it wasn't it wasn't like an amario sort of situation yeah it was more of like luigi kind of way. yeah a little bit more luigi vibes <laughs> cool well snuggle up in here get close yeah. to the mic it's Ooh, kind of like just... right between us so uh, yeah oh nice okay you guys yeah, are doing a podcast while them. driving yeah because you know the safest way to do a podcast yeah. or drive is, is do them at the with, same time yeah at the same time yeah. yeah we always have a rule here is that i only drive on the freeway and i only go 80 miles per hour or okay. above you know oh, it's kind okay, of like okay, a okay, speed sure. situation yeah. you know where okay. it's like <laughs> i have to go as fast as possible yeah. or the podcast went and it's, it's i have to do it or you know the podcast will be going forever because yeah i see that you, you want to keep it a good sort of hooked up to the engine here so yeah that, that, yeah that, that yeah, makes yeah. Sense. i'm glad that you yeah. at least have the microphone you gave the microphone its own seat belt. that's nice yeah yeah safety first safety for everything first. in here yeah. so make sure you put your seatbelt on yep. as well let me just uh, 
Great. All right. Well, we have a fun one, I think. Especially, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, O'Neill, because yeah. Into the Spider-Verse was your, like, one of your favorite animated films, one of your yeah. top films. So we'll see if you just feel disappointed or if you feel uh, excited. So let's jump into it. What's your initial What's your initial impressions? I mean, this is not new or extravagant or insightful at all, but a fantastic film. I mean, talk about raising the bar. Obviously, this movie was delayed. Everybody was bummed that it was delayed, but it's obviously pretty obvious why. This thing was a complete, like, overhaul and uh, just, uh, like, Into the Spider-Verse re- invented what animation is this just set the bar on a whole new level and i actually would like to ask both of you this also is this best picture worthy could this be the first animated feature film that is brought into the best picture conversation besides believe it was beauty and the beast uh is this possibly going to be the first animated feature film for best picture oh interesting i was thinking that this is a shoe-in for best animated but like hey at least nominated for sure like i think like just in terms of the animation alone which i guess is why i think it's a shoe in for sure for, i mean there's not much to compare <laughs> it to for animation this year so far the animation alone is just like they took it to a whole nother level like i think like you said like it they like reinvented how animation should be like with the first mm-hmm. film and i think they kind of grew upon that and i really love how like for instance gwen's like world is like this watercolor mm-hmm. kind of color animation which was like had so much emotion and feeling and like mm-hmm. importance to it and i think i also really liked the story however i was thinking that like i mean everything was great i i also liked it a lot but i had a few problems with it but we'll get into that in a second but i think for me i was more interested in thinking that maybe the next film as it's kind of sums up the whole mm-hmm. the whole like trilogy in a way yeah i think that depending on how i mean from watching the first two i'm sure (laughs) it would be but i feel like that might be a more of a contender Mm. uh for like best film but i think return of the kings situation yeah yeah which is good it's good that you brought that up because i'm actually (laughs) gonna bring that up a little bit later so um, fantastic cool but chase what do you think yeah i agree i think probably not this film because this film unfortunately suffers from middle child syndrome being the Mm. middle film so it doesn't really mm-hmm. have like as great of a like distinct arc as you would typically want for a singular film. But I think it, it does so many other great things. And actually, weirdly enough, it does manage to have a really great arc, just not about Miles Morales. And I thought that was one of the br- like true brilliant things that this movie did is it kind of took a step away from Miles' story and gave us more like Gwen's story. I almost mm-hmm. feel like it was more her movie in at least the first half. Yeah. And I feel like we got like a really nice arc for her. Which was yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of interesting actually thinking about it afterwards is that the one problem I had with it was it didn't feel like a full movie in a way. Like it That's fair. had like that Lord of the Rings part where you're like watching Lord of the Rings and you're mm-hmm. like three hours in. You're like, yeah. wow, this is interesting. It's going to be getting spicy in a second. And then it's like <laughs> the, the end, end yeah. you yeah. know, and you're yeah. like, oh, OK, I have to wait till the next one. Yeah. I wish there was more of a conclusion to this story, kind of how like uh, Endgame was. You know how like there was before Endgame there was, what was Infinity it called? War. Infinity War. Yes. Like Infinity War had like its own conclusion to it. 
I would say there was a conclusion to this. Chase brought up the good point about Gwen and how essentially her arc was pretty much completed. And I do think Miles Morales' arc, as far as uh, a sort of personal arc, was also completed insofar as, you know, he realized that he doesn't need other spider people. He can become the sort of solo singular Spider-Man. But I would love, I mean, I'm obviously so excited to see how that arc pays off and sort and sort of where they take that journey afterwards but you guys are both right insofar as it does have that sort of middle child energy where it it is what's next versus you know what this was in totality although i think you know it is obviously an amazing piece i mean i think it's a perfect sequel and it's a perfect prequel to the next movie Uh uh-huh because yeah. like I'm totally primed. I was so irritated when it ended because I needed like <laughs> another two-hour movie right then and there, which is exactly what you want. Actually, can we talk about the ending? Ending for a second. You say you like couldn't wait for another one. I was actually just exhausted at the end of this one. I was like, whew. Because even in the the slowest calm moments, there's a sequence with Gwen and her father towards the end of the movie. Even that had me tense. Like for, I don't know how you guys felt, but after the first act, the entire rest of the movie, I was just on the edge of my seat, wondering what was coming. I think I I felt that way as well. Like I, I was totally, I was exhausted, but then at the same time, as soon as we got that final character moment with Mm -hmm. the resolution of Gwen's story and then kind of this beginning of Miles Morales coming into his own that Mm -hmm. new story was enough to get me like energized for like I need now to know where this is going especially in the reveal at the end spoiler alert yeah big Um, big big spoiler alert here big spoiler (laughs) if you're listening go watch the movie first Uh, especially while it's in theater great theater experience oh Um, yeah fantastic but yeah so that he's not in his earth he's in earth 42 or whatever and how different that earth is yeah is really interesting and i was like oh i'm i'm ready show me more and it was just like he will return and i'm like oh yeah yeah exactly yeah i i love that like silence of the lambs trick where it's like you know they Mm -hmm. go they they make you think that they're in the same place and then it it like reveals it's like oh actually they're not they're in two different places and it's like you're in the wrong place the whole time yeah i love that twist and it was such a fun thing especially like the moment when miles goes back to his where he thinks is his home mm-hmm. i think from that i would kind of was reinstated in the film like wow i'm so into it and then i was sad that it ended yeah but i think actually honestly i think my least favorite part of this film was when he goes to the oh. like spider verse that spider like oh, the spider oh into the, 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 the this yeah sure spider kingdom is actually probably the best way i've heard it put so far <laughs> i think it might have been just me because i was so like excited to see it so mm-hmm. my eyes were just like dotting around yeah everywhere on the screen and being like who's there who's there who's there what's this and then after like five minutes like oh man my eyes hurt my brain hurts like i don't want to see another spider-man for the rest of this film a sensory overload is definitely a great way to put it like when i say i was exhausted i was exhausted mentally visually even the sound music we could talk about that i did not get to appreciate the soundtrack for this one as much as i did for the first one but i am definitely going to go appreciate it next watch it's, it's a massive overload i i think that was also where some of the animation fell off a bit there were some times in that where we just had like almost just black silhouette spider-man in the background where it felt uh-huh. like they were just kind of filling in space mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you have to do that like in animation just to like make sure the image is readable and legible but mm-hmm. it did feel like oh these models just didn't get the same love and care as like 
all of the rest of the models did get. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I would agree. I would actually, I actually kind of am maybe on the opposite side of that, which is I wish we could have actually toned down some of the animation in that sequence because it was so it, like, especially when you do get those close-ups of the different kinds of Spider-Man, it was so many different types of visuals that were kind of flashing in that my brain couldn't always connect how they were Spider-Man. The thing that I was sort of reckoning back to uh, when I was thinking about this movie was collage and how like that art form really hasn't popped back up since like the early aughts and how like this is like a beautiful sort of representation of collage in animation but taking the concept of animation and making that a collage right because you had literally everything from stop motion which was probably one of my favorite cutaways to you know 3d cgi and even live live action action. (laughs) yeah i was gonna gonna talk about that as well the live action was the one part that was a little bit cringe for me oh really okay um, yeah i i, I, I like can we talk about the cameo reference let's talk about so, the cameo so donald glover is in it i think that's the biggest the biggest one right yes definitely the biggest one which i was like wow i'm i'm surprised but it, it kind of makes me feel kind of sad because mm-hmm. it feels like because they showed him in this movie he's not going to be the prowler in the mcu yeah i don't know what that spells for the mcu spider-verse sort of tie-in but i did think it was very funny because that was essentially ev- what everyone was talking about right when don Glover first showed up first did his first cameo in the spider-man 2 of the three marvel ones at least uh, i'm happy we got that payoff right at least like that little bit of fan chatter in the background got some sort of payoff my problem with it was not that he was shown it was just that he was shown in such a kind of awkward way yeah <laughs> the green screen like, it was just very green screen and you could tell he's not looking at anything and it's not it, i didn't love that i wish they found a way to like do it a little more smoothly i i'm fine with him being there i love donald glover i kind of feel like his career is like evolved past being mm-hmm. the prowler i feel like that would have yes. been him like two three four years ago Yes, now he's so off on like a whole different level, especially with mm-hmm. like Swarm and his other TV shows. It's something about how schlocky it was, like I feel like that was almost an intentional choice because of how intentional so much of this movie was that it had like, you know, mid 2000s or like 90s Muppet cameo vibes almost. Did you feel that maybe at all? Because like uh-huh. it, it, the the fact that it was just kind of so out of the blue and so one off and played for a joke, obviously on the fans. I really thought that was just like uh, a nice like beat, and the fact that it kind of did take you out a little bit, sort of added to the joke. It took me out of the movie a little bit, okay. where I wanted to still be in the movie. I'm kind of sad, though, that he was human. I was hoping that it would be that he was, like, an animated version, possibly. Because then, like, because, O'Neill, you something that you said on <laughs> oh, yeah, the Filmmakers Cookbook is that you were saying that you were hoping that Miles, the next one, mm. jumps to the MCU. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like, now, can they do that? Because then they kind of already set up that if you're yeah. animated in this universe, then you stay animated, or mm-hmm. if you're live action, you stay live action. So, like, I don't know how that's going to work. But I, I would love to see Miles in, in the MCU. Yeah, I know. I mean, but they also 
set up. Uh, I, I mean, this is we've, we're past this at this point, but that there are other Miles in other universes. So True. there's no reason why we couldn't also have a real life Miles partnership. And maybe the, the, the next movie is called Beyond the Spider-Verse. Maybe it is, you know, all the collections of the different Mileses. And we get to set up the little MCU Miles over here as we kick him off with the Into the Spider-Verse. I don't, I don't know if that's how that's going to happen. <laughs> this is me kind of making an addendum to my uh, <laughs> my last prediction since I kind of fell flat, but uh, it was kind of, it was a little it was a little right. Hey, it was closer <laughs> than I could have thought, you know. And that was like you said that like a year ago almost. I'm gonna completely go on a different tangent because you were talking about like collages a little earlier, mm-hmm. and there's a character that is very collagey, which is the the Spider Punk character. Yes, and Man. I both loved him Ugh. and also was like conf- not confused. But maybe because I'm just like so American, but yeah, sometimes how, like I couldn't understand his like British accent. Yeah, I was gonna say, how familiar <laughs> are you with speci- the very niche that is British pop punk, or like it's called something specific, like basement punk or something like that? But like that art style, I I like understood the art direction going on there. I think it was cool. I really loved it, and I was actually thinking when I was going into this movie theater, which was like the first one, it kind of combined these like different animation styles, right? And I was thinking like, well, you did so many in the first one like how are you going to build upon that in this next one and it, it definitely does like i said with earlier with the watercolors for gwen's world and then like this like british pop punk kind of like so collage cool. styled <laughs> so animation cool. for him like it, it's so interesting there was also the uh the, sort of the indian spider-man i thought that animation was also so cool and so inspired you could definitely feel i felt in this first spider-man it was very comic centric but definitely american comic centric and then you got a little bit of like anime inspired with penny parker um, yeah, yeah. And a little bit of slapstick with Peter Porker. But with this one, they really took like a, almost a universal look at animation and art and pulled from literally everywhere. I think the only thing that they're missing, and this is maybe my prediction for the next one, is puppets. Like, <laughs> that's, I think, the last one that we're missing here <laughs> is like Muppet style Peter Parker. Interesting. <laughs> but like they really took like everything and uh, I've heard it described one person was like this is not necessarily a film it's like an like a film art piece just because of how many different styles and collages and mixes of, of art there were yeah I think it's a Banksy Banksy yeah <laughs> <laughs> also some nerd ass art jokes in this one but I will say though that the first film also had the I think it's a Banksy joke, but I think it, yeah, yeah. So it's near the end of the film when uh-huh. uh, oh, it started glitching right. out and then like the, the tree glitches whatever and then yes. people come up and they're like oh I think it's a Banksy that's right I think it, it's like a call back to that oh. but I think that one made so much sense but in this one it, it kind of it was funny but it was like a little it force. didn't almost make sense because yeah. they were like trapped in the museum and then they're like there when it happened and then they watch it happen and then they're like afterwards oh I think this is Banksy I was like mm-hmm. mm. I totally missed that <laughs> Which is, I think, was interesting that they did a lot of callbacks in this movie to the first mm-hmm. one. And I felt like sometimes it felt a little forced or, like, mm-hmm. they were trying to recreate that magic. And, like, you know, the first one, they captured lightning in a bottle. And I think they were maybe a little scared this time. And they were like, don't want to lose it. Yeah. And I think they should have just went with their gut. Because, as you said, O'Neill, like, they did so much. Like, even, like, the Leonardo da Vinci, like, vulture <laughs> character was, like, so unique and so interesting. Speaking of that... I think we 
we've mentioned it a few times, but Gwen's World is so interesting from a filmmaking standpoint because it's so expressive. And the way the world, like, dynamically changes given her own subjective mood is so fascinating and fun to watch with the watercolors. Mm -hmm. And you even see, like, the uh, that spreading of the color that watercolor does Mm -hmm. into the background and changing and the layering. It's really visually stunning. I mean, also just cinematographically stunning. I think we're going to see, like, people steal from this in shot style because I remember the opening like the opening opening scene where she's in the band you see a wide shot of her walking away on the bottom half of the screen and then a close up on her face on the other half of the screen and it's like a completely just I mean it's very comics a very comics way of framing things but it just like completely to see that you know acted out and with in motion it completely changes the way we think about framing and showing emotion on screen in such an interesting way that I can't imagine that, you know, three years from now, we won't see that in a live action film. Well, I don't know why there's such a fear of using kind of comic book language in a comic book film. Mm -hmm. We've seen this done to extremely great effects, not only Mm -hmm. in this film, but think of like Scott Pilgrim does it so well too, Mm -hmm. where they're literally, the shots are straight out of the comic book. And it, it, it is so expressive and it's so good at conveying the inner world of the character in a mm-hmm. in a way that like isn't this like realism for some reason that we're so so drawn to or a yeah. lot of filmmakers are drawn to traditionalism so maybe even yeah yeah just in- inventive in pretty much every sense of the word we haven't even talked about the soundtrack and that's a yeah. whole new thing that they that they world. brought into this thing is like the the soundtrack is both a like obviously a musical innovation again but also like a sound design innovation the way they use the music in this to like highlight the action and the animation and how those like melded together it was such an incredible like inventive is maybe not even the the right word for this because it just set the bar like at a completely different level for film in general for me the sound design and the music for the first one kind of pulled me in a little more Mm. but maybe that's just because i've now watched the first one more that i kind of appreciate it more Mm -hmm. that after this being just my first viewing of it maybe i just was just visually captivated that i didn't let my ears kind of take it all in Mm -hmm. but even like the music where i feel like the first one afterwards everyone was playing the soundtrack for the first one and i i almost thought that the end of this movie was like i don't know if people are going to be like playing the soundtrack on repeat yeah definitely not as catchy i would say like the last one has uh sunflower and there's not as much in world relation to the soundtrack the only one that like really really hits is that one where uh gwen is opening up the portal and he's got the headphones on and you can feel the music and sound and score everything swelling around you as this you know new world opens up essentially literally and so that's the one where it really hits but even then some of the other ones they just i think just as an overarching thing this movie is tense this is a tense 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 movie and so the soundtrack is also very tense you got that pop rock punk vibe uh, and, and similarly like the first one sort of you know took from the culture that was miles morales this one takes from all of its i mentioned the international art forms it's also an international soundtrack it is that's true i definitely agree especially like how like each animation style and each character has their own like music specifically for them as well like they have their own look they have their mm-hmm. own sound i mean 
overall, just a super dynamic movie, right? You had so many different kinds of dynamics that at some times, and I'm, I'm definitely going to need to rewatch the movie to concretely judge this. This is my one critique of the movie. It's actually so much that I wasn't able to capture it all in one sitting, which maybe was the intent, mm. maybe not. But it, in that same way, that overload made me unable to process sort of the core themes and ideas of the movie other than just like the melange of art right it was almost it was so good and so much that it lost that tight core of the movie which i feel like the first one had like that one had the core story and this one was so much that it was like almost i mean a nexus if you will i actually slightly disagree i actually think this one is as focused as the original one it's just not as focused on miles the original Mm -hmm. one was very focused on miles this one i thought was focused on a different theme which was just what it means to be a spider-man and how difficult but also how rewarding being a spider-man can be Mm -hmm. And then it gives us that final twist at the end when we learn that Miles was never meant to be a Spider-Man. That focus really was a great through line throughout this entire movie. Sorry, I just wanted to say a few things, but I want to go in the story part because that was the thing that drew me. I loved the story for this one, even though it feels like, like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, like it didn't fully complete like i want to see this part two and how it kind of takes it to the end but i really loved like the twists and turns of this film story-wise i felt like it felt so well written where it never felt to me like "Hmm, that doesn't necessarily make sense the only part that like kind of felt finicky with me was the part when he's trying to go home and like the girl is like on the computers it felt very like plot convenient like that she just couldn't figure it out for like i don't know why did miles how how could miles yeah. be able to like do something to the computers that she couldn't just been like all right just cancel like well, whatever but even escape. then yeah yeah but also like i don't understand that either because then it says like she's going home and on the computer it says like earth 42 don't they know what earth he's going like what earth he's from or something like that right like don't they know he's going to the wrong earth that's the only part that like if i thought about too much i think the entire story under a microscope doesn't quite make sense especially if you like some of the twists don't make sense and the villain the villain who's not really the antagonist of this story but is being set up to be the the big bad of the next theme or so spot which by the way how do we how do we feel about spot as a villain oh i loved it okay i really like the slow burn for him too (laughs) i liked the payoff but i didn't like the build up to it i thought Hmm. he was kind of i get the villain of the week you know wanting to become the main big bad he kind of felt auxiliary to this one even though me knowing that there was going to be another one i knew that he was going to be a bigger problem in the next movie but overall he just it felt like this one was a little bit too many cooks in the kitchen Uh, and honestly this goes back to what you were saying earlier uh, michelangelo where it's when the movie is reminiscing too much on the previous movie i feel like we aren't getting what is really shines about this movie which is this movie and so like and his backstory and all that stuff it just felt like kind of unnecessary extra and didn't quite fit with the rest of this like very super tightly crafted story i kind of was thinking that he was going to be like the villain of the week that was just going to set up the story i didn't Mm -hmm. think he was going to be like 
continuing into the next story. I thought uh-huh. the next one would just be like all the Spider-Man going crazy, the Civil War within the Spider-Man. So I kind of was surprised. I just also think I'm a fan of, of Jason Schwartzman and I haven't okay. seen him yeah. in anything recently yeah. that I was just like, oh, it's so fun just to like listen to him be like an awkward <laughs> villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved his design when he yes. like turned cool. and like reversed and became like his super evil form kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was such a creepy, like scary villain that I, I actually kind of really dug it. His character design felt very anime, right? Is, is am I not the only one? Yeah, yeah. He even has like little like the little streaks little on him. Streak. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best thing about him was his character design and how he changes throughout the movie. His character, I agree, gets a little like perhaps like a little annoying in the middle where he's still kind of like the butt of the joke and kind of just there for comedic effect. And he's still not fully realizing his like dark evil potential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once he's there, at the very end, I found him extremely threatening and I was very hmm. excited. He wasn't th- that menacing in this one in comparison to like Miguel Hera, who I felt like was a much more just oppressive force whenever he was on screen interacting with this. Uh, I, I, I felt the spot villain being a lot more like metaphysical, not really grounded in anything. It's sort of the... Maybe it's because we've had so many of these villains, like, I'm going to destroy your whole family. And that sort of being his motivation feels a little bit flatter to me than, you know, uh, the other Spider-Men and Spider-People who are against Miles who actually have stakes. I agree with you that his character backstory is sort of lame. Literally, his backstory is the joke of the last film. Bagel! Yeah. (laughs) I think what I'm responding to is towards the end in the final situation where Miles is stuck in a different universe, and we know that this character, who is very powerful, is Mm -hmm. coming for his family, and he's, you know, literally nowhere possibly to be found. That situation I found very threatening. We're about to be, we're pulling off the freeway here. Um, We're gonna be getting to pull up to Chase's apartment soon, but in the, in this, that's probably time that we uh, start giving our concession impressions. So, O'Neill, since you're new here, I want to just mm-hmm. go over our ranking system. It's very scientific and well thought out. They're all items you can buy at the concession mm-hmm. at the movie theater. Obviously, number one, peanut M&Ms. Of course. Of course. Who doesn't love peanut M&Ms? Mm-hmm. Number two, popcorn. Staple, obviously. Mm-hmm. Number three, you got a hot dog. It's good, but it's, you know, you want a little bit more satisfaction with mm-hmm. that hot dog. You'll be done before the trailers are playing. Yeah. And then last place, Raisin Nets. They just they just go in the trash. You don't yeah. you don't need them even. No. Why why buy them? Uh, so that's our thing. Uh, out of those, O'Neill, since you're a guest, why don't you why don't you give your first like the first ranking here? I mean, this is this is a little bit rote, but I actually would say let's do peanut M and M's in popcorn, which I which seems like we'd be in between those, but actually the combination makes it even better. Much like this is sort of a, a strange combination of different art sources putting that strange combination and making it even better. I would. Say put it above that, but uh, using your ranking system, peanut M and M's, one hundred percent. No, I I completely agree. I think for me, I think it might be my first peanut M and M's that I'm giving this year, which is maybe interesting. Maybe if anything, mm-hmm. I gave it to one other thing. But I think not many films came out this year that really were like, wow. I kind of want to go back and watch that again. Just want to see the second one. I can't wait till till next March yeah. to when that one comes out. Hopefully, it doesn't <laughs> push back. Um, we'll see if it comes out next March. But yeah. <laughs> but um. But Chase, what do you think? Uh, I'm also peanut M and M's. Yeah, this movie really did it for me, and few movies do. 
I want to watch it again. I, I probably will see it again in a week or so. Yeah. A definite but. shoe in for, for best animated feature. Oh, like, yeah. No doubt. There, there's nothing that's got to literally reinventing the format again. Uh-oh. Everybody's got to raise their bar again. Sony has really been killing it with animation lately. So, all right, Chase. We're pulling up to your place now. Before actually, actually, I don't know. I, I actually wanted to, to like plug you, O'Neill. So yeah. I mean, so if you liked this conversation and me being in it, um, I do another podcast called the Podcast Podcast Podcast. Podcast for podcasters by podcasters, where every week me and my other two co-hosts pitch podcast ideas and then create them. Anything from Count Chocolate of the Podcast to Modern Stone Age Family, a life advice podcast by the Flintstones who came out as gay, to a giraffe name podcast, which is our latest invention, where we try to raise money for the LA Zoo via their donation system, name their baby giraffe podcast it's convoluted but it works and we're very excited for it so that's the podcast 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 can't really google it because you know if you google podcast 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 it comes up with podcasts but you can find the show at our website 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 dot biz and you can find all of our links there <laughs> or i believe on instagram is it triple podcast yes uh at triple pcast on instagram tiktok twitter which we don't use as much now but all the socials at triple pcast and reddit r slash pod 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 although that's also a little iffier gotcha well yeah. exciting i i it's a great show and uh, i'm excited to be on it someday so <laughs> yes yes i'm we, waiting, we're we're waiting for that message to come yeah. in <laughs> trust me it'll be coming cool well it was a blast to to have you here and you know if your car breaks down again o'neill and if you want to ride let us know we'll, we'll give you another ride home oh yeah definitely thanks uh thanks for the ride and uh i see that you have some uh mints there you mind if i just grab one uh no those aren't mints yeah, what those are of... left over from the Mario movie we did. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Sort of uh, kingdom mushroom, kingdom mushrooms. I see what you're doing. Yeah, there. yeah. All right, I like that. <laughs> yeah, Chase took one that last time, and uh, he had a tough time after he got home. So <laughs> I don't know if that was the movie itself or the mushrooms. We, we still haven't figured that one out, huh? Cool. Well, see you guys. Have a. I'm gonna drive home now, so uh, I right, hope you can bye. make your way. Yeah, all right, bye. Chase, do you mind giving me a ride home? I guess. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>